praise the Lord. And uh, tell somebody, say, I'm so excited that you're here. And you look phenomenal. Yesterday they had an outreach in Scottsville, and it was powerful, and they did it last Saturday. And uh, so we just want to say thank you. We have a powerful team. Now, we speak this month on to endure, to end strong. Now, God never ordained for us to end weak, defeated, hopeless, or to toss in the towel. Although we have all the opportunities to do this in life. Help me, somebody. Now, now, you are so important to God that he loved you so much that Jesus was sent and say, I don't want to live without you. I'm willing to give my life. Now, Adam and Eve was perfect in the garden. It's the moment when a third person walked in. Now, be cautious for the third person in your marriage relationship or in anything. They change the dynamics of your life. And here Adam and Eve cause high treason because they start believing a lie, a focus thief, a distraction walked into the garden. Wait for the right moment to get hold of Eve, and she distracted Adam from the God-given ability, power, and authority. Now, when you read the book of Genesis, the book of the beginning, Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God. Now, that we can preach on for a whole year. In other words, everything starts with God. Satan know how important God is. What's the end time weapons of the enemy? Out of the book of Daniel chapter 7, he will bring accusations against God. Help me somebody. God, where were you when I went through that? Why didn't you intervene? Satan's way is accusations, number one. And number two, he wants to wear out the saints of God. He wants to make you tired. The battles you face right now, listen, is not Satan attacking you where you are. He's afraid where you're going. And because he know you have a great, God's got a great plan for your life. People told me, they say, our lives were so calm and everything until that man or that woman gave us a prophetic word for our lives. Then all hell break loose. Why? Because Satan hates truth. Jesus revealed him. He's the father of all lies. He said in John chapter 10, my word, Jesus said he's the good shepherd and he's the door. And then he says the thief only comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now people have these cliches and they sound spiritual, but that's a lot of hocus pocus. God stripped me. God put the sick 
darkness on me. God took my son or my daughter. Man, that's penny baloney. God is not a thief. God is not a stripper. God doesn't need to kill your children to teach you a lesson. Come on, somebody. God is not that God, my word. He said, I am the good shepherd. What does a shepherd wants to do? He always leads the sheep. God help us this morning to green pastures, to a place of rest. That's why David said, in the midst of my enemy, you set a table, Psalm 23, thy staff and thy rod, hallelujah, is with me. Come on, somebody, who's your enemy? The devil and death is your enemy, and God sits there with the rod and the staff. What does he do with the staff? I was in Bethlehem in Israel many times, and the shepherd walks in front. I grew up on a small holding. We farm. We had goats, and we had sheep, and we had halal pigs, and uh, you'll get that later, and cows, and donkeys, and horses, and all kinds of stuff. Come on, somebody. And uh, now I know how rebel uh, a goat can be, how rebellious he can be. But there the shepherd walks in front with two objects in his hand, a rod and a staff. And uh, the sheep follows him. But when he saw that a wild dog comes out of nowhere to chase into that flock of sheep. He doesn't use the staff. He used, <laughs> my word, the rod. He's got a rough piece of wood. And he chased this wild thing away so it won't devour the sheep. But when he walks and he see the little lamb or anybody, my words, separate themselves from the flock. He doesn't use the rod. He used the staff. Same wood went through a process of heat to get that bow thing. And it was sand with sandpaper. Then he hooks that little lamp on here on his leg or on the neck to pull him back into. This is the time we're in. God's got a rod in his hand. And he gave it to you to chase away that enemy that's there to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But with his staff, when we get weak, and you feel you cannot any longer. He pulls you closer. And that's why David, when he puts in Psalm 92, a powerful thing. Remember what we said? What is the Bible? It's a book of principles. The doctors say if you take all this vitamins and stuff and you have flu and whatever, you will feel better. So what did he gave me? He gave me instruction to do what? To feel better and get healed. The word of God is the same. 
It doesn't want you to feel better. It wants you to be healed, be transformed, and be a giant. That's why Paul says, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror. Look at somebody say, that's what God is thinking about you. You are a champion. The prophetic word, I was in Vietnam when the Lord said, I'm going to expedite this last few months of 2023. It's going to happen quick and suddenly. And listen, I want you to end strong. Satan wants you to end weak, defeated, so that you can enter into 2024. And that's why God is expanding you. Say, the miracle, my miracle is this morning in my stretch. I have to stretch my mind. I have to come out of stinking thinking. I have to come out of every limitation. He said, she said, and they said. Man, you need to come out of that opinions. Come on, somebody. And out of that old mindset that's your enemy. And I need to embrace the mind of Christ because it's the mind of Christ that helps me. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a belief system that I need to believe I can do it. Hallelujah. Because that's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Turn to somebody say, that means you are a champion this morning. Say, good morning, champion. Say, good morning, champion. Say, good morning, champion. Say, the person who you tell that, say, I don't feel like it. And I, Say, I didn't ask if you feel like it. I have a solid word, my word. Tested by fire. Tested by water. Tested by the cross. Come on. Tested by the grave. That says this morning that you are what the word says you are. You can do what the word says you can do. You will achieve what the word says you will achieve. You can have what the word says you can have. And when you understand the power of the word, Satan is after one thing to steal. It's not after your health, after your money, after your happiness and your joy. The parable of the sower, he comes to steal the word. You have overcome my children by the word, the blood of the lamb, and the word of your testimony. If he can get you to let go of the word in your life. Some of us here were supposed to be dead and Bedridden, but what kept you going? Say the word. The word. That's why that same David came and he spoke a word because to operate in the principle of ending strong, I need to have the firm foundation. Now, this one thing. That the word of God does, it transcends you. The word causes us to transcend from our present circumstances to our future reality. If the word doesn't become real, 
I will live in my imagination. Een dogma. Je weet wat die dogge doen. Hy het een veer geplant, toe dog hy daar kom hoener op. Hy plant een macaroni, toe kom daar net een geikie op. Dog, you, you cannot live in imagination. Because there's a real enemy out there. That wants to rob you from everything. That's why he loves people in a condition. He's afraid of people in a position. And for years we say the preacher is the one in position. And we encourage, no, no, you are seated in heavenly places. Place of authority and dominion. Now to endure so that you can end strong. You need to exercise the word. Say practice the word. Now, now let me help you. Because he says, this is David speaking, the uncompromising righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. That's where you get dates from, the palm tree. There where we stay in America, when Katrina comes or what hurricane, other trees snap, but the palm tree in that wind bow down and it bends. It loses some of the branches but when the wind is over, it stands firmly. It stands to produce fruit. Genesis 1, when God created mankind, God's original plan was have dominion and authority and be fruitful. We've never lived in a barren world in Christians like we've seen now where Christians are supposed to be fruitful. The fruit of one believer is to bring another believer, to get a sinner, to get saved. And I guarantee you that's the only thing you take into eternity as people. You don't take fame, and you don't take money, and this multi-billionaire, I've told the story here, he put in his will, he got angry with his wife and he said, he must be buried with all his money. And the father of the Catholic Church know about this gentleman's desire. So the day at the cemetery and they're going to, they lower the coffin and his widow was standing there when he pulled to his wiki and he net and swart. Then after they put the coffin down and start closing the grave, the padre asked her, did you fulfill his wish by putting all his money in the coffin? She said, yes, I did. She said, I wrote him a check. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a wise woman. Very wise. No wonder she wasn't crying. She was smiling. Now, now, here is the thing that God wants you. He says, they will flourish like the palm tree. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, in snow time, they're going in snow time in Jordania. That cedar, <clears throat> the leaves or the branches are up. When the snow times come, because that snow gets so heavy, it can snap the branches. The branches go down. And that's when the snow can slide off, not to harm the tree. He says, they shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. And then the next thing, he used the palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon. The next thing, because this is a principle that needs to be operating in your life, God never called you to make life on your own. We think we're smart many times, and I can do it on my own. No. I've been a leader of leaders for many years. This is my 50th year of full-time ministry that I'm entered in. I've learned something. Where you're weak, there's a strong person in your life. Where you're strong, there's a weak person in your life so that you can never say it's all about I, me, and myself, the evil trinity. And we think and people think and there's teachings out there that say you can do it and you can never do it on your own. You need people. Say, I need somebody so that they can take me. A man came to me and he said, he's sin perfected. He doesn't sin. He's so holy. And I said, sorry, I cannot listen to you. He said, what do you mean? I'm the holiest man. I said, I need somebody that's normal, that can make a mistake. When I make that same mistake that you can help me, how did you survive the mistake? And you can take me by the hand to get me out of that mistake. I met the person recently after many years. And when I saw this person in the pharmacy, and I looked at him and I first think, Lord have mercy, is this Rip from Bunker? Because he aged a lot and he's younger than me. And, uh, and he came and he recognized me and he said, oh, I'm so defeated, him now. He said, I went through hell and back in my life. He said, and I realize I'm not so smart. Don't be wise in your own eyes. God created us so that we will be dependable on him. We need him but we need each other. He wants you to be like the palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon because when the winds and the snow and the winter seasons in your life happens, 
that you have a place of safety. If you ever broke her arm or your disc, my, soldier, my shoulder, I fell off a thing and my shoulder got dislocated. And the pain had happened a few times. And then they need to put their foot here, the doctor, and do something to get this thing back going. Now, when that happened, I didn't turn and say, Lekker swear, yo, you've almost delayed me. I'm so glad that you, did I do that? No, I went like, <laughs> I could hardly walk because the focus was here. If you break your arm and you say, Lekker, oh, I'm so glad you, no, you bump your toe against a rock or a stone. What do you do? You say, nice, your ugly big toe. I'm so glad that you get hurt. No! You grab that toe and you start jumping and you start speaking in tongues that you haven't spoken before. For many years you use words, the BC words, that means before Christ. Help me somebody. Because Ephesians 4 says, we are a many-member body. We're part of each other. We need each other. That's why when one in the body suffers, the whole body suffers. You've got a headache. What do you do? You get in bed. A migraine. Your feet doesn't hurt. Nothing wrong with your hands. But it's your head. And you say, I like it. It's your punishment. No. You've got two half potatoes here with a vinegar cloth around your head. You make the room dark. And you say, if somebody suddenly speaks, you say, shh, shh. Because you need your body to take care of the part that suffers need each other. I don't know about you. I need you. I need God's people. The most difficult times, just one person that can say, I came through the same thing and I made it. You're going to make it. We need each other. If I'm in that bracket of my life, I don't need nobody. I don't need the, I love God, but I hate his bride. Do you think your best friend, you say, I like you, but your wife, I cannot stand her. With her garlic breath, she's got verkins veins like house pipes here. And uh, what will he do? He said, this is the end of this friendship. So a lot of people, they say they like, love God, 
but they hate his church. And they're in trouble. Because you can never separate God. And this is the Bible. So I still believe in the Bible. He says, planted in the house of the Lord. So I need to become planted. Oh, no, I'm free. I like to hop like a bunny. No. I love plants and trees, and I've always got seed. You cannot uproot anything you plant every week. It's going to die. You make the root system weaker and weaker. And at the end, it die. That's why we have a lot of walking dead people. God said, I want you to end strong. But they don't, they're not planted that their root system can absorb the nutrients and to be fed, to become stronger. In the 1700s out of East London, they took a palm tree and they took it to Kent in the UK. They planted in a pot. And a few years ago, that palm tree just grew about three meters. But it was so heavy, they had to get a crane and all the help. Why? It was potted. It never grew up to the 30 meters, or how many meters it can grow, to its full potential. It became an obstacle. It was taken out of the natural thing. Why God created it and put it in a pot. If it was planted and not potted. Because a pot says, I choose the soil. Planted says, I'm standing here through all the seasons of my life. A lot of believers think God is schizophrenic. God changes his mind every week. No. A lady said, I know God's word, says this, but God told me different. And what she told me didn't line up with the word. I said, you heard right. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. It was Because when Casper tells you nonsense, you'll end up in nonsense. God used trees and he said you will be like an eagle. So he used the birds. They take an elephant that's been born to be wild. And the circus get holds of this little baby calf elephant. Took it to a place, put a chain, a dark chain, the raw chain around his leg, because this thing was born to be wild. So when they put the chain with a big peg, a metal peg or a concrete peg, this thing, the first few days it runs, and then the leg got hooked up in the key, in the, in the chain. Later on, the skin broke and it became a sore. And this elephant had to reprogram his mind. 
I was born to be wild. But I've learned now in this week, this elephant, instead of just running, if I walk seven steps, then I'm safe. But if I try to walk an eighth step, this thing hurts. So they keep the elephant on the chain. You go to the circus when there were circuses, and you see a little peg, a stick, with a small rope around the elephant's leg. He can turn that whole circus upside down. But because he was spotted and not planted, he was limited in his thinking. Satan wants the believers to be in chains. He know how powerful you are. He know your prophetic word. God wants you to end as a giant. After this year, when I enter into the next year, I'll tell you my story of this past few months that I went through. And every day was a challenge. I sat with my children in our living room and I was sharing with them there was a time limited space. And then I realized I can be like that elephant, reprogram my mind. To say this is it. Or to be potted. Satan wants you potted in situations in your life. While you have resurrection power. Must operate through you. To change the world. Because the moment when you let your mind line up with everything that shows negative. You're not going to run. You're going to discover seven steps because step number eight can hurt me. And what is God doing in November? He's setting you free from the chains that Satan tried to put on your life for years and years and years so that you think you're just limited. This is all what there is in life. And that's what I'm destined for. No, you're destined for greatness. There's a bigger story about your life story and just become a pot, a bonsai. We have a lot of bonsai Christians. They stand in that little pot. They're supposed to grow meters high. But now they look like, instead of bearing big lemons, they 
have these miniature lemons because somebody cut the root system, the potential and capacity. God looks at you. I didn't plan to say this. This came through the scripture because we are speaking normally out of Hebrews today, chapter number 12. Quickly ask your every wife that your husband is sitting next to you. I want you to see that you do this to him. Do this. Do this. Say, did he just say Hebrews? And if he say yes, say tomorrow morning you make your own coffee. The Bible didn't say Hebrews. So you're going to brew your own coffee tomorrow morning. Because Hebrews, chapter number 12. God is setting you free. Satan knows that you are a world changer. Some people watch things happen. My personality is to make things happen. They told me when I arrived here in 1980, December, children small, that 81, Lanzel went to school and she and Kayla are preaching as I speak right now in Zambia, my country of birth. They do big conferences there. And, uh, and then pastor said, you're never going to make it. Why did you sin that God sent you to the Cryfontein Brackenfell area? That's a graveyard for ministers. God must be angry with you. And I had to prove them wrong. To make things happen. We made history. Over and over in Cryfontein that nobody else did. And I said by the grace of God. There was never a gospel tent in the old white area. Now you know I'm not white. The church fathers chased us out of the building after a year because suddenly we start singing in tongues. We're after a song and they say we're from Eastern religion and the women start wearing makeup and some of them really need makeup and you know and they pluck their eyebrows and some cast the hats away and they say I have missed and that church we took over with three ladies Maria that comes to the 8 a.m. service she was a little girl and her children as adults nearly today and it, so it's Tani Marta Feldsman Anna Mus and Auntie Blomich Gelderblom that's the lady that prayed me into Cryfontein when the car caught fire, when I didn't want to come. And then I bargained with God, I'll go anywhere in Cape Town. Please not cry, Fontaine. And then God said, that's exactly where I'm sending you. And I've been here 43 years. Three ladies. The first service, 15 people. Three months at church, back to capacity. And after a year, they chased us out of the building. And my only hope was a tent. And God gave me wisdom where, what's the school that you all went to? No, no. 
are not the big. On your mean Park High School, I pitched up the first gospel tent in the whole of Cryfontein area. I don't talk about Scottsville, Scottsdale. They allowed it here, but they don't allow it there. God gave me wisdom how to do it. And me and the Duomany become big friends. The lady that did our hair, Louise, she said, wait till five o'clock. Then the Boeing flew a few times over the Duomany's house there. And we became big, big, big friends later on. Because they require that I must have a form that everybody in that neighborhood must sign to put up a tent. So five o'clock, I knocked on the sweet woman's uh, door, and he came, and I could see he had communion. And I said, I'm Gustav. I want to put up a tent here. He said, what for? I said, you know, like a tent. He said, for a circus. I said, you call it whatever you want. He said, bring it, let me sign. And he signed it. And everybody in the street signed. And the next week I had a tent up. And then he phoned everybody. How in the world did that happen? And they say, but you signed first. He said, no, I never signed. He said, yes, you signed. So we broke through that barrier. Same with the city hall. The city hall was building my time. They say never a gospel service, no church will ever preach there. Dr. Pete Kornoff was part of this church, and uh, he came that night to that service. It was my birthday. They put security there that no, because they called me the ghostbuster of the town at that time. It was everywhere there was a demon or some tokolosis or whatever was wrong. Then they say, get the ghostbuster. And that night, I asked Pastor Johan Greiling, I said, share a few words. They had security there that, no, we're not allowed to. And Johan started preaching. I thought he's going to be calm. And he went on that Pentecostal thing. And Chota et And when he made the altar call, the security gave his life to Jesus. And I was the first non-denominational preacher in this town that they asked to open the Taxpayer Ratepayers Association with Scripture and prayer. And then we opened that gateway that churches could move in. So I'm just telling you, not smart, but I'm telling you, you need to be planted. If that elephant was in the wild what he was designed for, he would produce and turn the world upside down in the territory they operate. But because they potted him, he was limited. He was timid. One time the circus was only allowed where the Vetmarie Park was. That's where they put, they put the tent up tonight for the circus, and tomorrow that tent must be off. They only allow one night. And one of those elephants came loose. It was chaos in that area. You are bigger than an elephant in your spirit. 
You have resurrection power. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Listen. He says, God wants you. Well, no, I, I'm free. Yeah, you can be as free as you want to be. Until you follow the principle, because there's four benefits of being planted in the house. Find out. If you're not planted, you say, I don't become planted. Planted in the house. He says four things. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. You will have us, you become a spiritual giant. I was looking at one of our pastors this morning. He came to the church in 96. He was the head boy of Monument Park High School. Pastor Yaku. Him and Caleb dance in the Baxter and in what's the big theater. I went to watch them. Uh, Cape Arts. Dance, Artscape. He danced in New York. He did in the UK. Travel to nations. And he preached in the 8 a.m. service that since I came back from America, I said, I'm not touching that service. I'll sit here and listen to you. Because the anointing is on you. And he grew that thing. Every service I watch what's happening. For one reason, he was planted. A church approached me, an American, say, we want Pastor Yaku to come and take over Shiloh. I said, there's no way that he's going to move to America. He's planted here in the house. He does the 8 o'clock service. He did the hotel and that service has flourished. And then when we start table view service, I said, do table view. So he preached 8 o'clock and rushed to a 9.30 service. I cannot do it. Because the anointing. Same with all the staff that's here. So there's four benefits. Planted in the house, you will flourish in the courts of God. You will growing in grace, says verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They will produce. He says they shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality. On fire for the Messiah. Listen, and they will reach in the venture of trust, love, and contentment. That means God will put you on display. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. And they will say, he's my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. Four things. If I want to end strong, I need to be planted to have a strong foundation. I will flourish. I will grow. I will be fruitful. And I will be fresh and not really old. That's why I introduce my children as my older sister and my younger sister. And Willie, my son, is my brother. People think the grandchildren is mine. Because of the scripture. Because of the scripture. And this is what God promised you. Well, I don't, you cannot change the word. And I'm landing. Let 
Gustav come, the musicians, because what does the word of God do? It will transcend you, causes you to transcend from our present circumstances to our future reality. God cannot bless rebellion. He can only bless his word. God cannot bless rebellion. Well, I'm not, well, if I don't do the word, Satan is after the word. And here is the thing, the Holy Spirit is inviting people to come to a great life. But before you can enjoy that life, you had to connect and embrace God's plan. God only has a plan A for my life. No other plan. How do I get in that plan? And it's a daily choice. By renewing my mind, by making this declarations, and wasn't Devon great this morning by declaring? Because when I embrace God's plan and I say I am what the word says I am, this word says you will lay your hands on the sea. God will heal them. You will cast out devils. You will raise the dead. You will speak in new tongues. The word says you will be on fire. You will receive power. You will walk in resurrection power. Come on, somebody. You cannot be dead later while God wants you to be a living epistle the dead was raised in this ministry a man died outside on the parking lot they raised him and he came in and testified I've seen supernatural miracles happen here and it happened through ordinary people that does impeccable things for God what is the Spirit of God telling you this morning? Don't run after fame. We have a granddaughter, Tasha's the mother. She was nominated as the best actress that happened in America of a movie that was made here that went to America, Evade. That movie was the best short movie. She played in Redeeming Life, here in the theaters, and the dance on and did some other movies. And I said to her, Kayla, never chase fame. We have professional rugby players here that plays for the cheetahs and they, they're here in the church. We've got professors here. We've got, and they're all ordinary people that can impact the world. Because in the kingdom is not big guns and small guns. We make a different sound. It's how available we are. And if you want to end strong, it's going to cost you to exercise your spiritual capacity and ability. And that's why scripture says, it says, live your life purposefully. Seven things God created you. He called you to be loved, that He can love you. He loves you. He loves you. 
all our shortcomings and mistakes. Have you discovered you make mistakes? He loves you. The eternal purpose is that you will love him back. Number one, that means I'm a worshiper. I worship God by raising my hands, dancing, shouting, by giving, by my service unto the Lord. The second eternal purpose I call to belong, to be part of the family. God's family. Number three, I'm called to become like Christ. That's why we believe in discipleship. Make disciples. Who's discipling you and who do you disciple? Now, I'm just a church member. No, no, no. Jesus didn't say make church members. He said make disciples that are members of the body. Number four, he called you to be a blessing to serve. And aren't we having great people? And we need everybody to serve. Isn't the children exciting standing and the young people and Pastor Natasha this morning with boards here and Brother Ashley and, and our other brother that can welcome people and do and the people at the door serve. Greatness doesn't come who recognize you. It comes through how great you can serve. Listen. He called you number five to be sent to go and make disciples win the lost for all the cost. Number six, he called you to pray individually and with the team. That's God's eternal purposes. The seven eternal purposes. He called you to be generous, to be a giver. Generous in this. Don't let distractions Distractions comes, come sometimes as opportunity to camouflage itself. But this morning, God is calling you to say, be planted. I want you to be like, I cannot change my idea to fit your idea. I want you to instruct your prophetic word. And this morning, if you realize, the book of Revelation says this powerful thing. It says, he is dripped in blood. Revelation 19, 13. And his name is the word of God. He said, I put my word above my name. I gave you the word of God. A rolling stone never gathers moss. It's through the dark, difficult times when you know you planted and you have a family. Your spiritual family is going to outlive your natural family. To be part of the family. He has such futures, evangelists, world changers. My word that will impact the world. But it starts by this small principle. To endure, you must be planted. Temptations will come. He said, she said, they said, will come. False prophecies over your life will come. Discern what God is saying and stick to that plan. Stick to it. 
And this morning, distractions produce excuses. Excuses produce limitation. Limitation makes you barren that you cannot produce. And the Word of God says, you will work the works of Jesus and you will work greater works. Turn to somebody, say greater works. Say you are a world changer. You are a history maker. You are a planet shaker. Say, look at your hands. You will lay them on the sick. God will heal the sick. You will cast out devils. You will move in dimensions. You've never moved in before. And if you're that person this morning that say good stuff, I'm ready to do the word in this life. I'm here to follow instruction, to apply principles so that I can move in my promises. That's my prophecy. If that's you. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of the chains that the enemy try. I know I've got greater potential and capacity than what I'm busy with. Will you just stand with me? Please. Oh Lord. You are so beautiful. My King. That's why I can say this morning, I surrender. Oh, I surrender. I surrender unto you. Commitment is not the highest form. Surrender is. Say, God, I surrender this morning. Say, I surrender, Father. We thank you. We're going to ask Pastor Norma to come and pray. A prayer of surrender over this crowd in this building. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Lord. This morning, as I wrote in my book, I surrender this morning to what you have called me to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you Lord, that your word is working in each one of us here this morning. And we will put into action this morning what your word says, Father. We surrender our lives to you this morning, Lord. We surrender our hands to you. We surrender our feet to you, Lord. We surrender to you, Lord. And we will act upon it right now in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, for the people that are hearing, the, that have heard this word this morning, Lord, and that will act on it and do and surrender 
and go out and do what you've told them to do, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Say, I surrender. Every person that this morning, maybe you don't know Jesus, but this is your morning that there's three groups standing in this building. One group that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but you realize this morning I have to surrender all over what we just did. Second group, maybe you served God once upon a time. Life slap you, trample you. Maybe a Christian disappoints you and you feel like, I couldn't go on any further. But you were invited this morning and you realize you have worth and value and heaven needs you to operate on the earth. You need to come back to God. You feel you are in that chain. And there's a third group. You never accepted Jesus. This is your morning. Religion is not going to do it. It's a relationship. So I'm making the altar call for special prayer for people. Second group, maybe you served God once upon a time, but you feel like that elephant. You're in that chains. God wants to set you free from the chains. Maybe you never accepted him. You say, this is my morning that I'm coming home. I'm coming home to Jesus. I want you to come. This pastor's here. We're going to pray with you. And um, so if you any of that, you say, I feel like I'm in chains. I need to break out and break through. Come. You're in sickness, disease. You go through a battle. Something just attacks you all the time. Just come. Just come. We want to pray. There's people that can stand in agreement. Or maybe you never accepted the Lord. Just come. Oh, yes. I surrender. I surrender all. I your life, your family, whatever, just come. You maybe have a family member that needs to be saved, a child, a family, a sister, a brother, a parent, just come this morning. Surrender, I surrender all.
surrender this morning. Just pray. Just pray. Oh, I surrender. That's right. Help us pray. All to Thee, my at somebody in the, in the seats and say you are destined for greater your life is greater more powerful in your now and in your tomorrow than it has been a few minutes ago say be planted that you can flourish we're going to close the service and we're going to thank the Lord for this great morning that God grant us and we're going to break out of every barrier in this week and let God be God in Jesus name we pray Pastor Natasha pray for us tonight 6 o'clock come with great expectation Father God we just come this morning and we thank you for this awesome word Father thank you that we are a people that is planted and not potted Lord we thank you that we are a people that surrender our hearts, our minds, and all of our being, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you have chosen a people such as us, Father. We worship you, we honor you, and thank you for this word this morning. And as your people live out those doors, they are entering into their mission field. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. amen.